the New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Apologies this week, we have a, uh, a delayed episode, uh, but we are here, so uh, just catching up. So thanks everybody for joining the show. I'm your host, Paul Spain. Uh, just just me today, I have been uh, been travelling. We've got a bunch to uh, to jump through, uh, all sorts of news from a uh, an iPhone lightning cable that uh, allows somebody to uh, to compromise your computer. So be a little bit cautious if you, if you find a lightning cable lying around, you think, oh, I'll just play plug this into my uh, my computer and into my phone and uh, away I go that will be very handy well probably something we should be a bit more cautious about as we've learned to be about plugging in uh, USB uh, sticks into our uh, our computer computers as well um Bunch more news, uh, some news about uh, some hoverboard technology, uh, Uber losing $5 billion US dollars uh, in just a three-month period. Um, the exposure of um, about a million uh, fingerprints, not a good one. And we'll be talking a little bit about uh, Amazon and UPS in the States with some testing that they're doing uh, with autonomous uh, goods deliveries. Diving in a little bit more on uh, on Huawei, on their latest. And then into a bit of bit of local news. Uh, we've got some, some things happening uh, in the world of Sky. And... Um, well, there's this little thing of the Tesla Model 3 about to launch in New Zealand. So I want to talk talk about that. So we've got those things and, uh, and one or two more we'll try and squeeze in uh, and trying to keep this to be a, a little bit of a shorter show uh, than usual and... Uh, Hence why it's just me. So let's uh, let's jump in now. First up, uh, this has been uh, well. August tends to be the month where we get a lot of uh, a lot of uh, hacker and uh, and security events uh, taking uh, place. And uh, one of the, one of those uh, was uh, is is DefCon that uh, that takes place in uh, Las Vegas around this uh, this time. Every year, so at DefCon, there's all sorts of things that are that are shown off, uh, a whole a whole bunch of them, um, and that uh, that that took took place uh, finished up um, uh, about just under just under a week ago. So um, one of the things that was shown shown off there, which was pretty uh, pretty fascinating, is. The um, the idea, well, actually, more than an idea, because uh, they they have the, uh, the the proof of uh, of, of concept um, of basically an iPhone uh, cable. So this is the Lightning cable that connects an iPhone to a charger, uh, to a, or to a Mac or a PC, and uh, basically modifying one of these cables so it still looks just like the original Apple cable, uh, but it's been modded and it effectively holds um, small computer. Within it, and uh, this is able to uh, then kick off some uh, some commands behind the scenes on your uh, on your computer, and uh, potentially allow that computer to be uh, to be compromised and uh, uh, controlled from 
uh, from elsewhere by uh, by a hacker. So yeah, pretty uh, pretty interesting one. There's a, there's a bunch of information online about that one if you're curious. But uh, the message there is be a little bit cautious around uh, um, picking up things that people leave lying around uh, that might go into a USB port. Something we've probably heard before, uh, but this is certainly a uh, a little bit of a different. Uh, a different case, this one. And uh, this one is being called the OMG cable. And uh, the, the information was uh, was revealed by a, a security researcher who is known as MG. So uh, so that's the first thing uh, this week. Now, uh, hoverboards, this sort of... Um, you know, flying uh, flying tech has been uh, has been a- around for uh, for a little while uh, in in a number of uh, number of forms and uh, jetpacks, all these sorts of things that uh, you know. I guess looking back a few decades, uh, we were sort of expecting to become mainstream uh, tech by now. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty cool that uh, that earlier on uh, this month that. Uh, the in, the inventor of some of this uh, technology. In fact, you might have seen his uh, his previous iteration, which was something that was uh, was water powered. There are a lot of videos going around the uh, uh, the the internet, and uh, this was sort of a a, a little. Um, uh, uh, like a jetpack, but uh, but water powered, and then uh, you know he's moved on from that to uh, to do one uh, that is um, you know push just pushes air rather than water, and it's called the Flyboard Air. And uh, well, this this month the uh, the French inventor of it has managed to cross the English uh, Channel. Uh, this chap Frankie Zapata, uh, he has uh, he's crossed the uh, the English Channel. He had to take a stop in the middle. Uh, he did do a do an initial uh, try try at this. Um, I think if, you know some days earlier, and uh, and that failed. But uh, but he's man- managed to pull it off. There's some interesting uh, footage online around this one. So uh, yeah, the company behind it, uh, Z Air. And uh, yeah, it's called the uh, the flyboard ear. So yeah, pretty uh, pretty interesting to see uh, to see this technology, uh, I guess, move, move forward a little bit. And you know, this is the sort of thing where, where we're seeing the tech that's really um, been reduced down in cost because of its uh, just how com- common it is. We look at things like uh, gyroscope and GPS and these varying other sensors that have just commonplace in our smartphones now. Uh, and because of that, these technologies can be easily built into uh, into all sorts of other things and, you know, of course, very, very relevant for uh, uh, for getting up into space, of, of course, with uh, uh, what Rocket Lab are doing. Uh, you know, the, the fact that we've just seen uh, so, so much uh, pace with Technology development and enables these sorts of things, but it still needs, uh, you know, people who are innovators and uh, who are willing to just to work in there and get the stuff working. And uh, uh, that's certainly, uh, you know, a, pr- a pretty cool example, uh, but a pretty uh, pretty short distance that they can go. So, you know, I don't imagine we're we're all going to have these sort of jetpacks uh, any time in the in the in the next uh, five years. Uh, but it's cool, certainly, to see uh, to see this technology uh, developing. So good, good stuff there. And for those who uh, who, who missed it, of course, um, Rocket Lab made an announcement uh, just just in the last uh, couple of weeks as well uh, around uh, reusing some of their uh, their rockets. 
And uh, this, this I thought, oh, this is great, Kiwi Ingenuity. T- turns out um, it wasn't initially uh, the concept they're using maybe was uh, was something that had come out of the US, but brilliant all the same. And, uh, you know, when the... Um, the first stage of the rocket, which usually would just fall into the ocean, um, comes to falling. Uh, they're basically going to be uh, have that firing off a parachute, and then a helicopter will fly in and uh, and snatch that, and then they'll be able to uh, reuse that. So, uh, yeah, very very cool stuff there. Now on the Uber front, I was uh, I was pretty shocked to uh, to hear just how much money. Uber are losing, and of course, it's been uh, reasonably widely uh, reported about uh, Uber and their US competitor uh, Lyft listing on the uh, the stock exchange uh, this year, and and not uh, not performing uh, particularly well. I think it's fair to say, and they have reported um, losing five point two billion US dollars uh, in the last quarter. So. If they uh, if they were to keep going uh, anywhere near that rate, uh, boy, that's um, that's a pretty crazy amount of money to uh, to to be losing. Um, so we'll see how that uh, how that stacks up. Um, yeah, if that was, if that was consistent, you're talking what 30, uh, 30 billion New Zealand dollars a, a year uh, or more. Now, there's there's usually a few other bits and pieces in, in behind those uh, uh, those figures, so that's not likely to be uh, you know consistently at that number. And I think that uh, Lyft's numbers were uh, were dramatically uh, lower in terms of their losses, but both companies are still losing. A lot of money, and it is a little bit hard to get get your head around that when you uh, when you you know look they're taking a pretty big uh, pretty big slice uh, of the uh, the the earnings on uh, on ride sharing and also on uh, on food deliveries, but of course they're also uh, growing at a very rapid pace and uh, and and spending a lot of money to uh, uh, to to build up their uh, their base of users around the world. Now on to um, a security flaw that uh, exposed over a million fingerprints, also passwords. Um, this, I guess, is the reality of the world we're in when uh, our biometric data is able to be captured. Well, there's always a risk, uh, as with anything, that we end up with some uh, some compromise of that data, and uh, that is exactly uh, what has happened. A system called um, uh, BioStar Two, uh, they have a uh, a system for capturing um, uh, biometric uh, data, uh, fingerprints, facial recognition, and 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 so on. And uh, this is uh, used by banks, uh, police, defence companies, and so on. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, it is uh, it has come to light that uh, there was a, a security flaw. It was um, uh, picked up uh, by some Israeli uh, researchers, and uh, yeah, it turns out that uh, a huge amount of BioStars too. Um, uh, data was uh, was available online, and they were basically able to access, uh, uh, yeah, hu- huge amounts of uh, of data there. Uh, Twenty eight million 
records. So uh, not a good sign, and this is one of the one of the reasons that we have to be very very careful with uh, with putting all this sort of uh, uh, information out there. And um, and I guess we've got to rec- recognise that even police and governments uh, can't necessarily keep our data safe. And of course, with uh, with the likes of biometric data, uh, if um, you know imagery data of your uh, your fingerprint gets out there, it's not exactly as though you can change your fingerprint. So uh, once that uh, that data is is gone, it is it is gone. Uh, so not. Not too pleasing to hear about that one. Uh, now, I've been in the uh, the US. I was in the US for uh, for about 10, 10 days. Uh, just got got back uh, today, being uh, being Sunday. And uh, one of the things that caught my attention is just that we we are really seeing uh, continued work going on with the testing of autonomous uh, delivery in the US. Uh, Amazon have expanded uh, a trial that they've been uh, doing uh, in Seattle. They've expanded that to uh, Southern uh, California where they're using these sort of small robots. Currently, uh, uh, people are joining the robot on the on the journey as they, they just test this out and get familiar with uh, how it might work for them as as something that would be fully autonomous. Uh, in the future, w- without that sort of assistance and uh, and monitoring of of people being around them, uh, that's been yeah extended to Southern California. Uh, and UPS have bought a stake in autonomous uh, trucking company Too Simple, who basically make their own uh, their own trucks and and so on. And UPS has been doing uh, been doing some testing as well. So. Yes, this is going to be pretty pretty interesting just to just to see how these things develop. How long will it take? Of course, there are certain scenarios where where robots work very very well today, and that uh, those you know those situations. I guess when we think of Amazon, uh, they they've spent hundreds of millions on on investment into robots for their factories, buying a firm and really trying to automate as much as they can their factories. That meanwhile uh, is alongside there being uh, generally quite regular uh, complaints around not just Amazon, but really most of the bigger firms in the US we hear from unions and and others around poor treatment of of staff or insufficient uh, wages for them. So the unfortunate side effect there is potentially this encourages uh, the likes of uh, Jeff Bezos uh, as CEO of Amazon to uh, to want to invest further in technology that will uh, will ultimately dis- displace uh, the employment for uh, for for a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of folks but i don't think there's going to be too much of a way we can uh, we can stop this stuff happening uh, so yeah i'm i'm very curious to see how it progresses now on the uh, Huawei front. Uh, they have a new phone, which we'll talk about on the on the next episode. Just been having a, a little bit of a look at, th- at that one. Um, their Mate X, which is their foldable phone, apparently has been uh, been delayed. So we're not quite t- t- uh, sure uh, what's happening with that. If you want to hear a little bit more about the Mate X, then uh, tune into the Mobile Tech Podcast. 
which uh, we publish through our network, worldpodcasts.com. So if you're interested in really hearing the latest on Huawei, then uh, you can tune into that one. And Miriam Joie, also known as Tank Girl, who hosts that, has been uh, in China with uh, Huawei, sort of getting getting the lowdown uh, on that. And the other news on the uh, Huawei front is that Huawei have um, officially named their new operating system. Now, this is the one that uh, you know, many wondered, is, is this going to be something that will replace Android? And look, it's not, uh, it's not clear exactly uh, how this new OS will be used. It was uh, previously known, known as uh, Hong Meng. Uh, it is that is its Chinese name. Harmony OS will be the the English name for it, uh, and it's starting off in smart TVs. Uh, but who knows? Maybe this will be an operating system that we will see in smartphones and and smart watches and the like in the not too distant future. So you know, I guess uh, this will this will depend uh, to some degree. I imagine on uh, just where uh, where Trump and uh, and his his government go with uh, with the current uh, clamp down on Huawei. Right now on to uh, on to New Zealand uh, happenings. Well, Sky Sport now this new uh, service from Sky, which replaces basically a replacement for their Fan Pass app. Uh, it has landed. Uh, this is a service that uh, you can subscribe to, so you can get your uh, live streaming of the Sky Sport ch- channels on a, on a range of uh, of devices. I've installed it on the uh, the Apple TV. Uh, their price is $40 a month if you sign up for annual, otherwise it's $50 a month or you can uh, even uh, jump in for a week at at $20 and you know, all sorts of Sky Sport content there and from the uh, the session that I went to with, with Sky a few weeks back, it really does seem as though they are 110% committed to, uh, to owning uh, sport in New Zealand, especially uh, the rugby, and uh, yeah, when you when you look, they've certainly got a, a huge amount of content. So definitely a lot more expensive than uh, than Spark Sport, uh, but also there's a lot more in there. Um, now on the tech front, how how good is this app? How smooth is it, and so on? Look, it doesn't look too bad. I think they've probably still got some uh, some polish to give to the app. I uh, when I tried it out uh, today, one thing I noticed was it was defaulting uh, on my laptop. And uh, look, fair to say, I had a bunch of other bits and pieces going on there, uh, but it defaulted to 240p, very low resolution uh, streaming. I went in and forced it to uh, to up to 720. Uh, HD, it referred to it as, the 720p and 720 HD. I'm not sure of the difference between uh, those two, but I was able to force it and got a, got a better quality. Um, but not uh, not absolutely perfect. But, uh, yeah, pre- pretty easy to get around the uh, the app, and they're, they're still sort of focusing on the fact that they've got uh, the Sky Sport uh, channels, and so you can sort of you know flip... Uh, between those channels as well as watching the the on demand, it, it does still sort of seem to uh, lean more towards the uh, the traditional uh, channels rather than the on demand content from my uh, my quick play around uh, with it. Now, the really the big news of the last few days with with Sky though has been their acquisition of RugbyPass.com. Uh, for $62 million. This is, this is quite some uh, acquisition for Sky, 
but I can certainly see there being uh, a fair bit of, a fair bit of sense in in it for uh, for Sky. Uh, now rugbypass.com um well that uh, sort of st- started uh, started out um the 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 beginnings of it anyway when uh, Coliseum uh, purchased the uh, the rights for the soccer um or the uh, the football uh, here in New Zealand, and uh, well, they uh, they had a bit of a go at that, but maybe it was a little a little bit too early. But they uh, they certainly got uh, got their feet wet, and then they've gone on from that to uh, to pick up rights to uh, to stream rugby in a whole bunch of countries, and uh, it seems to be going pretty well for them, and uh, and hence why uh, why. Uh, Sky have uh, have spent what will be um, up to up to sixty two million, depending on uh, um, just how th- how this platform goes going forwards. Uh, it's broken down into, I think there's an initial uh, ten million uh, US payment, then twenty million US worth of shares, and uh, and a bonus of up to uh, up to ten million, depending on the on the performance of RugbyPass dot uh, com. Uh, going going forwards, but look to to me this uh, this seems like a a reasonably positive move for for Spark. Uh, it uh, it extends their reach internationally, and there's potentially uh, more that could be built on if uh, if Rugby Pass dot com is working well at delivering you know a bunch of bunch of sports into uh, and you know into a whole lot of a whole lot of countries. Uh, could they extend that beyond rugby, uh, or is it something that will just help them uh, solidify uh, their hold on uh, on rugby in New Zealand and possibly uh, even enter into um, into into more markets with? But uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty fascinating. And um, in terms of the value of that uh, that acquisition, I mean, time time will actually tell whether whether it ends up being a a, a good buy or not. Uh, but I, you know, I think uh, generally investors are looking on that one uh, as a pretty positive move. Now, on the uh, the Tesla front here in New Zealand, well, it's been uh, must be oh, I'm guessing uh, two and a half years or so since uh, since Tesla launched here in New Zealand. I still remember uh, driving the Model S. Um, P100D, and boy, what an experience that was! Such a fast car, uh, and for for uh, myself as someone who's uh, probably a little, uh, no, let's not say little, a lot more interested in uh, in technology generally uh, than I have been in cars. Uh, you know, Tesla really has uh, has has caught my uh, my attention, and of course, I've you know I've spent time. Um, looking at uh, you know at a, at a whole range of uh, of car uh, technology over the over the last uh, few years, and uh, you know been up to uh, up to San Francisco and, and Silicon Valley with Ford, for instance, and you know they've they've uh, established a, a base there in Silicon Valley. Has as have a lot of other uh, automakers. There there is has been in the US this real convergence uh, on Silicon Valley. And the Bay, the, the Bay Area, or San Francisco and the Bay Area, um, 
And uh, look, the uh, the I guess the sort of the driving uh, force there of why the other companies have have done that, uh, of course, has been uh, in in a big part because of Tesla. And uh, you know, te- Tesla, are very much a uh, a technology company uh, through and through they're doing things they've taken a very different approach to uh, to traditional automakers and you know I think it, it's fair to say uh, you know a, a lot of people are still very much on the fence in terms of uh, whether Tesla c- can succeed and you know of course there's uh, there's a lot of folks who are not particularly keen on this whole idea of uh, of our uh, internal combustion engine-based uh, vehicles being replaced by uh, by electric vehicles because they uh, uh, they 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 love their um, um, uh, their their traditional uh, engines and cars and the noise and all of the all of those things that uh, that go with it and look I I think uh, you know that that's not going to go away but we are going to see uh, changes and you know primarily for uh, well not just primarily but but you know a big driver uh, being the sustainability factor and uh, and you know hence we we're, we're really seeing uh, governments like the New Zealand government who are uh, getting behind and encouraging uh, vehicles that. Uh, will uh, be more more sustainable, and uh, so electric vehicles are a really big uh, a big part of that. And of course, you know Tesla having been uh, you know pretty u- unique in terms of their focus on uh, on electric vehicles over their uh, over their history. So when it comes to New Zealand, what have we got? Well, um, you know Tesla have their Model S and Model uh, X. It's been they've been in the market uh, you know since since they launched, and you know there are others that brought in. Uh, Model S's and, and Model X's from overseas, such as uh, Australia, uh, prior to the launch in New Zealand. The Model S now starts in New Zealand uh, at a whopping 146500 and the Model X at 156000 uh, Now, they have killed off the sort of lower-end um, models of, of those, so hence why those those figures are a little bit higher than uh, than, than what they used to be here uh, in, New, in New Zealand. Uh, but coming in at around half the price of the Model Model uh, S, or just over, is the Model 3 Standard Range Plus uh, around $74,000 into the New Zealand market. Uh, there's also the Long Range at $94,000 and the uh, the Performance at uh, $101,000. So there's a few uh, uh, price points there uh, with this new Model 3, uh, which they've just started delivering the right-hand drive versions in, in the UK over the last, uh, last uh, few weeks. And uh, they seem to be uh, getting a lot of attention. It's it's been fascinating uh, just just looking at how the media, uh, in general, sort of mainstream motoring media, uh, and and you know TV and so on, have been responding uh, to this um, the new product from uh, from Tesla. Certainly, in the past, uh, Tesla's caught a bit of uh, flack about the fit and finish of their vehicles, which. You know that's uh, that that's fair enough if you're selling a, a vehicle for 146 thousand as as the Model S starts at at here, uh, but it seems like uh, Tesla have been working very hard on on improving their their manufacturing and their processes, 
and in, in most cases, the uh, the Model Three is uh, is is looking pretty uh, pretty sharp. So, some of you will recall I put down a uh, a deposit on the uh, the Model Three going back in the direction of um, of three years when uh, um, they gave that uh, that that option for uh, for getting to the to the front of the queue. Now, I'm not sure if that has made uh, too much different actually because they opened up ordering to everybody at the same time, but. Uh, but it, but it may do. There, there's a there's quite a uh, um, an excited bunch of uh, of of people, uh, a local sort of community here in New Zealand that have ordered the Model Three. And uh, I've been been watching watching that with interest and uh, have have gone ahead and, and ordered one myself. And uh, I'm going to do a, a sort of a separate piece around some of the reasons on on why I've done that. But uh, just a few, you know, I guess I wanted to chat around you know a few of the highlights and. Uh, um, you know the, the the timing. Why is now the right time to uh, to look at look at this technology? Well, I think for the New Zealand Tech Podcast, uh, certainly, you know, I see the the role of this show is to to be looking at what is the uh, what is the the latest and greatest of of technologies. And um, look now with with this new uh, lower lower uh, price Tesla, it is something that becomes relevant to a much broader audience. And uh, also, it's a time. Where you know Tesla have been developing uh, this their autonomous driving uh, technologies and and other aspects of the technology, and so as I guess each month passes, we see uh, you know further development in the in the technology, and uh, you know I think it's, it's actually starting to get pretty interesting. So uh, hence why I've jumped on board and ordered one of those. I think it's also uh, you know very relevant for uh, for my business, Gorilla Technology, where we, we we're looking at the technologies. Uh, that are relevant to uh, to businesses in New Zealand, and we like to test those things out and and get a feel for for how they might help business. And uh, this is probably the um, the 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 easiest way to, for uh, for for anybody to have a little bit of a look at uh, at where autonomous uh, uh, driving is on a uh, on a day to day basis uh, right now, uh, with Tesla certainly uh, playing in that space. Now, as it comes to the uh, the Model Three, one of the things that um, has happened this year around um, the um, April, March, April uh, sort of time frame was that Tesla announced their new full self-driving uh, computer and this is a sort of third generation uh, chip and uh, this is from from that time frame has been uh, has been going into all new Teslas and so that including this uh, this new model 3 so uh, to me that was pretty interesting because it really steps up the, just the amount of processing power and uh, you know just how how smart these vehicles uh, potentially will be and there, there's certainly the uh, the commitments uh, from uh, Tesla CEO Elon Musk around just how soon full self-driving uh, technology is coming. I've got to say I'm somewhat uh, sceptical of, of a lot of those time frames because this stuff has been talked about so many times in the past and it just seems to be a really, really hard problem. And in fact, it's been, uh, feels like uh, six months or so uh, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's been a year. There have been been at least one, if not more, uh, commitments from uh, uh, from Elon Musk around a, um, a, a, a summon capability, which al- allows uh, someone 
if they're uh, they're waiting outside a building, maybe it's raining or something like that, for their car to uh, basically drive itself from wherever it is in a car park. Maybe you, you, know, you walk out of the mall, you can't even remember where your car is. You can summon it and it'll come and summon it, and it will come and pick you up um, from wherever you've walked out of the the mall and uh, basically drive autonomously in the car park. And this has been talked about for some time. Promised as oh yeah, it's it's, it's here, and uh, and actually it was it just wasn't really. That good, so uh, hadn't hadn't launched yet, but uh, um, there is a commitment now from Tesla that that's certainly uh, coming out this year, and uh, there's there's a, a, a semi imminent update. You know who who knows with Tesla exactly when that'll get here. I think Elon Musk said it will be coming out in August, and uh, there's been references to September and and October for that update but but that's coming um, one of the capabilities we've talked about on this on the show before uh, with Miriam Joie from the mobile tech podcast she has the uh, the model 3 is the navigate on autopilot capability which has been available in the US for uh, f- uh, since last year now, uh, still not here in the New Zealand market, but uh, we're advised that is coming uh, as well uh, to two vehicles who uh, that have paid for the the full self drive option, which is ninety six hundred dollar um, extra on top of the base price for the uh, the vehicle. So uh, reasonably pricey. You're very much sort of gambling on. Uh, uh, Tesla being able to deliver these these future capabilities, uh, so that's coming. The summon capability is coming, and something they refer to as as driving on city streets, uh, which I'm uh, um, taking as driving with uh, with without the without the uh, the driver actually having to uh, to to do the work, and also uh, they'll be turning on the ability to read stop signs and and traffic lights and so on, which you know I guess is. Is pretty handy if you've got a vehicle trying to uh, trying to navigate around uh, you know general city streets. Uh, so a pretty interesting time for uh, for Tesla. Uh, so these uh, Model Threes due here in New Zealand uh, this month, August 2019. Still a little bit of confusion around exactly are they in the country yet or not. It has been reported that they are uh, Tesla staff. Uh, say that they're uh, they're not aware of any being here yet, and that uh, uh, their fans and followers and purchasers seem to know more about it than uh, than they know, uh, which is which is interesting. So we will see, um, but we'll, we'll certainly have a bunch more coming up uh, around Tesla and their tech as that as that evolves, and uh, uh, certainly once that new uh, new vehicle arrives for me. Um, one of the interesting areas that I, that I think there there seems to be some confusion about, and I'm looking at putting some content together online around this, uh, particularly as it as it relates to uh, New Zealand, is the uh, the differences between the Tesla Model Three Standard Range Plus, this lower lower cost uh, Tesla, as I say, coming in at around half the price of the um, the base Model S available into the into the New Zealand market. Uh, is that it, it drops some uh, some very what have been very standard features of uh, of Tesla vehicles uh, in in the past and some of that sort of music streaming podcasts um, a, a bunch of things that would just happen over the 
um, the 4G LTE connection built into uh, built into the vehicle, and some of those capabilities are actually uh, disabled on this uh, lower cost version. And even if you tether the car to your mobile uh, for data, those features just don't work. Um, so it is worth being aware if you're looking at ordering one of these to uh, to go through and and just investigate that a little bit. Um, now, if and again, if you're interested in in um, the Tesla, one of the one of the things that Tesla do is they have an, an affiliate uh, benefit where purchasers in New Zealand can get 1,500 kilometres of their free uh, supercharging. That, of course, is one of Tesla's uh, uniques is that they have this uh, this charging network and uh, it's growing re- reasonably quickly here in New Zealand. Of course, it augments the other uh, charges from the likes of ChargeNet uh, that are that are available here uh, around the country. Uh, but there's a v- uh, generally very very fast uh, charges. Well, they are when it comes to their superchargers. They also have a whole range of uh, destination charges that can be uh, well that are installed in varying locations ar- around the country as well. Um, but they have this benefit where, you, as a purchaser, you can get fifteen hundred dollars of of uh, 1,500 kilometres of free uh, supercharging. So uh, if you're interested in buying a vehicle, um, I'll give you my code for that. Uh, you can just go to paulspain.com slash gettesla um, and that'll link you in uh, to get access to that supercharging. And I'll put that link in the uh, in the notes at the nztechpodcast.com website as well. Um, all right, that's just about us for this episode. Um, the last thing I wanted wanted to mention that had come come up while I was uh, was travelling, uh, and this had got picked up actually by media all around the world, was that uh, employers in New Zealand can uh, can legally pay staff in Bitcoin. Um, so the IRD has been giving some uh, some guidance on this and. Um, yeah, it's um, it, it's. I guess it's you know it's good to see this sort of uh, information being made available. So there's uh, there's just you know no confusion out there around uh, around what people uh, people should be doing. There's also information from the uh, the the IRD um, around uh, you know tax as it relates to. Um, uh, cryptocurrency as as well, so uh, well worth looking up the the IRD website. I can't imagine too many people wanting to get paid uh, in cryptocurrency right now, but there there will no doubt um, you know be be interest increasing uh, over over time in those regards. So uh, yeah, good good to see New Zealand uh, IRD sort of uh, at at the somewhat at the forefront there by by the looks of it. Uh, so that's us for this week. Uh, we have uh, we have our next episode uh, coming up uh, back into our usual uh, schedule, and that should be online for uh, for listening on uh, uh, Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. All right, thanks everyone. Catch you again very soon. Cheers. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.